let's look at this together. I thought if uh, if the Holy Spirit blesses us here with this tonight, uh, my goal would be is to look back at a little bit of the uh, the situations that were going on in the early church, and then look at is that happening with us today? Is 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 it applicable for us? Are are, are we doing those things, or are we missing that, or? Or, or what have you. So let's go to Acts chapter 11. There's a lot of places that we could go, but Acts chapter 11 uh, is where the Lord spoke to me for this particular message. So I'm going to go Acts chapter 11. I'm going to pick up in verse number 19. I'm going to go down into chapter 12. I won't go too many verses into chapter 12. Uh, say a prayer. Um, Y'all can be seated, and please pray for me, and uh, the Lord would would get this message out. All right, so Acts chapter 11, verse number 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tyrus for to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then there were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him into a prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Father, I do thank you, Lord, for your word, for your preservation of it. Uh, Lord, we know that in and of ourselves we have nothing to bring. Uh, but, Lord, uh, your word is everything. And, God, we pray that it would be lifted up and magnified. Lord, I pray that it would penetrate into our hearts. Lord, may your spirit have full reign here to speak to each and every one of us in, in the way that you want to speak to us. Lord, may we not uh, have a stiff neck or, or uh, deaf ears or a hardened heart. Uh, Lord, I pray that your work would continue to flourish and, and go forth even more so here in Walridge and each and every one of us. Lord, for our young people, God, that you'd get a hold of their hearts early and they would serve you all the days of their life. Lord, until you come back, we want to be found faithful, being a part of your kingdom. God, please help us to do so. Help us to finish strong. In Christ's name we pray. 
Amen. All right, so early in the church, what's one of the first things? I'm going to make this a little bit interactive. That helps me a little bit. Uh, what, what's one of the first things you see that went on here in the early church? Anybody? One of the first things that you saw? Persecution, for sure. What else? Souls added. That really is when we started getting into this, the first thing that we see. Certainly there is persecution. We're going to hit that, Freddie. Uh, but verse number 19 is where we started. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and to Antioch, preaching the word to none but to the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spoke unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then in, in verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. That's what was going on in the early church. The church was growing. People were hearing the word of God. They were believing, and then they were, they were executing the word of God in their lives, and they were becoming believers and followers of Jesus Christ. And the church was growing. That's how it should be. That's how that, that's that's the way the Lord Jesus Christ set it up, isn't it? When he, when he went about his ministry, uh, and, and all along the way, he was calling people out out of the world to come and to follow him, right? Bringing forth truth. We know what truth does, right? Truth, it's light and it sheds into man's life. Man does one of two things: we take heed to that, and it brings forth change, or we flee from it and we go into the darkness. When truth goes out, people have that option to do that. But truth must go out. The church was doing that. They were a part of that. And, and, and Pastor mentioned this. Uh, I don't know if it was before, but it was definitely after camp. He said that the emphasis was discipleship. Now, I wasn't at camp for the preaching, but am I right in that, Fred, that there was emphasis on discipleship? Is that not what we see here going on in the early church? Kick back with me, same chapter, but let's go early in the chapter, like verse number 1. Chapter 11, verse number 1. Check this out. And the apostles and the brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest in to men uncircumcised? And did eat with them? Catch what was going on there. You, you, you're, you, most of you have been in the scriptures for a long time. You remember this whole situation. Peter, one of the disciples, a, a, a devout Jew, went out and he started preaching unto the Gentile, Gentiles. And, and, and they started believing. Now, of course, we're going to have this in, in the church today. Even Christians will come out and be our opposition at times. We cannot and should not be a part of that and do not be discouraged when that happens. It will happen. Your own brothers and sisters, unfortunately, for whatever reason that is, sometimes will try to discourage you. Follow the Lord. Peter, Peter, we won't get into this. He did get discouraged. He messed up a little bit here. Uh, we'll find out that in Acts chapter 16. You can get that in Galatians. But uh, Peter messed up. But for a while, he was doing it right. He was giving the word to the Gentiles. Hear what they said? They, they had an accusation against him. It was right. He sat down and ate with them. Isn't that a, a profound thought process? It, could, could we have a maybe a, a convention on that? Something brand new. Sit down with somebody, share a meal, and the word of God. That, that's revolutionary. Could you imagine if that really happened? That's what was going on. 
That's a form of discipleship, folks. Just going, calling somebody and saying, hey, how about I, I, I buy you lunch, breakfast, dinner? That's that's non-threatening, right? Jordan, if I say I'm going to buy you a meal, you got no problem with that, right? No problem. Now what comes out of my mouth afterwards, maybe, but the meal part is not going to really have a problem. And you'll find unbelievers are in that same situation. They really won't have a problem if you're willing to sit down with them, buy them a Coke, buy them a, a meal, something. Just sit down and be a blessing to them. Now, how do we go involved into that? And, and that's not really found here in this, this portion of the scriptures, but if we listen to them, genuinely listen to try to get to know them, and not just blast them with truth, Truth is, is the most important thing. But you're probably not going to have another shot with them. I, and I don't want to tell you how to witness and all that. But it, if we were purposed in heart to go out and to fellowship with some people, sit down and talk with them with the hope and the purpose to share truth with them, you're telling me something won't happen? I think it will. I think it will. But the question is, are we even desiring that? Are we even thinking that? My, my concern is we're too wrapped up in our own thing. And, and, and you know, I, I, do you know what a cost a meal is? I do. I knew, I do know what a cost a meal is. Uh, I, I do. Uh, but it's the Lord's anyhow. And what are we going to do with things? We're all going to stand before Him someday, aren't we? And we're going to give account of what we did with everything that we said, with everything that the Lord gave us. Let's be using it up, giving it out for him, to be glorifying him, to call others unto him. Listen, there's a world out there that does not know truth. It's evident. It's evident in the news. It's evident in our education system. It's evident everywhere. The world doesn't know truth anymore. Let them hear it from us. But let them hear it from us in a way that is a blessing. We can disciple Jesus did that. Uh, we should be doing that. I see that in the early church. We go a little bit further in chapter 11. I see something else that happened in the early church. Uh, look at verse number 28. There stood up one of them named Agabus and signified by the Spirit that there should be a great dearth throughout all the world which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea, which also they did, and sent it by the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. What do you think was going on in the church there? What, what happened right there? You're not going to leave me hanging. You're, you're coming with me on this journey. You're coming with me. What happened there? They were helping one another. Why did they need to help one another? What was it? Persecution? A dearth. We don't really use that word much anymore. A dearth, a, a form of a famine. They were going to be without. Just just Phoenicia? Just Antioch? No. What does the scripture say? The whole world. The whole world was going to fall upon hard times. And what did the church do? Rather than go home and say, hey, let's start selling stuff and, and bringing it in and, and, and let's start cutting off uh, uh, other people and, and my, uh, my goodness, let's stop the tithe. They didn't do any of that. They said, okay, we're going to purpose together to see if we can send some relief onto the church at Jerusalem. That's what should be happening in the church. 
That's what gave success. It's, it's undeniable the success that the early church had, isn't it? It's undeniable. It's miraculous. It's miraculous. It's God-ordained and God-given. What they did was they forsook their own needs at that particular time and concentrated on other people's needs. We are a people consumed with our own problems. And when we're consumed with our own problems, we can't minister to one another. And we certainly aren't going to minister to the lost. We've got to be a people that are, are seeing beyond that. I'm not denying that we've got problems. I've got them too. But we have got a problem solver. We've got the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and whether we're short on, uh, on whatever we're short on, He's going to take care of that. We gotta be about His business. And here in the early church, did God not know that there was going to be a dearth coming upon the land? He knew that. He knew that. Would we, would we step back and say, oh, that might be bad timing, Lord. Maybe do that dearth like once the church gets a little bit more established. Huh? That's, that's, that's our earthly minds jumping in there though, isn't it? This was God ordained. This was God set up. When problems arise, that gives us opportunities to minister, to be Jesus Christ in a world that they can't see Him very well. And quite frankly, folks, that's an indictment on us, the church. If the world can't see Jesus, that's on us. Because they sure should be able to see Jesus. Born again, He's in us, right? The Lord Jesus Christ, He has given us His Spirit. That was His promise. God cannot lie. I'm holding that promise. You got that promise too? We got that promise. The Lord, the world should be seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what else do we see? I'll grab one more thing, pull something around, and then, uh, and then I'll stop. Chapter 12. It changes a little bit. We've got, we've got uh, the disciples in there and they're preaching, uh, and, and then we get here and we get a little bit of insight into what Peter's got going on in his life. Right, uh, But Peter's right there with him. And now about the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James the brother of John with a sword. And because he saw it, it pleased the Jews. He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in the prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. See what happened there? Not only was there a worldwide problem with a dearth, but it got even more intensified to the church by taking some of the church leaders. James was killed by the sword. Peter was now taken off the, off the, uh, I hate to say, playing field, but he was taken out of the ministry and put into prison. Now our, now our Christian leaders are being taken. Surely this is bad timing. But what opportunity did that bring forth for the church? What was it? Prayer. That's what they did. Yes, if we looked, they were in hiding. They gathered at somebody's house. They gathered together. They had a, a, an all-night prayer meeting. Sure did. Sure did. And you could even say, ah, they lacked a little bit of faith. Because when the Holy Spirit, the angel, freed Peter from the prison, you remember the story, he's walking through the town, he's not even sure the, this is an angel. But it was an angel. He gets to the second quadrant or the second part, and the gates open up, and angel's gone, and he goes on to the house, and he knocks on the door. 
And remember, I think it was Rhoda, some, some young girl comes and, hey, who is it? Peter. Huh? We're praying for that guy. She, did she open the door and get him with a hug? No. She just left the door shut there. Ran told everybody, hey, it's Peter. Surely all the disciples jumped up and said, yeah, yeah, right. No, it must be his ghost or whatever. Nobody was believing. That, I think, is God's way of saying, I know you're not perfect. But my plan is, my plan is, prayer. That's what we all need as a church. Yeah, the world's got problems, and we should be out there doing everything we can to possibly minister to them. But inside the church, we've got problems too. You all know it. This this ministry, specifically Walridge Baptist Church, we've been blessed. We're on a run right now. Yes, we lost Richard, but really that's a victory for Richard, isn't it? Uh, We've lost some. But we haven't had some major persecution uh, coming this way. Uh, you know, at some point it's coming. Uh, and I know, I've only been here five years. I know you have all had it. But it's coming. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I just came from New York. Folks, stuff's going crazy. And it works its way down. I didn't bring it. Let's make that clear. Uh, no, 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 I know you. I, I know some of you. You look at me a little funny and you say, yeah, he's, br-. I'm not bringing that stuff. But seriously, this world is going crazy. There's some bad stuff coming down around the corner and there will be persecution. What are we going to do about it? It's easy to say prayer, pray. But folks, quite honestly, we get ready for camp. We do an all night prayer meeting. I'm thankful for those that came out. But we weren't loaded. We weren't. We weren't. Our altars aren't filled on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights with people just well, bell, wellowing out in prayer. It's not. I hope that our prayer closets are. But you and I have to answer that individually. It starts with us as an individual. We don't come here together to, to put on airs to one another. I'm not trying to impress Gary with how long I can pray, and he's not trying to impress me with that. But we need to be men and women of prayer. The early church got it. They got it. The Lord's hand was upon them. They were involved in discipleship, which was getting the word out and teaching and bringing others along in the word to further their belief. The early church got it in the fact that they were looking out at other people's needs and saying, I'll answer that. I'll step up in the name of Jesus in order to glorify the Lord Jesus. I'll be a part of solving that. And the church was very serious about prayer. So I ask us today, we flip this thing around. How are we doing as a church? Again, we have, the church is us. We know that. It starts with us as individuals. In my preparation for this message, I've already been beat up on this. I already know that. I I plead with you, let's not just come to another service, just get through the message and be on our way to the next thing. But let's really, did, did God possibly lay anything down here tonight? I pray that he did. I pray there was none of me. But you've got to ask yourself, I've got to ask myself every time the word of God is open in my, in my private reading time, in, in my uh, corporate uh, uh, worship with y'all at church, anytime the word of God is open, I have to make sure, Lord, was that for me? 
do you speak to me there? Do you want me to do something there? If we're not doing that, what are we doing? Right? Did Jesus do any of this? Discipleship. Did he do any, did he do discipleship? Yeah, we kind of, that's kind of an easy one, right? Sure he did discipleship. He had disciples. How did he do that? Did he, did, I brought up the fact where we could have a meal with somebody. Did Jesus do that with anybody? Did Jesus sit down and have a meal with anybody? Yeah, a couple times he did. I remember the time when he was at the well. Do you all remember that? He, he's going along. Jesus was all man and all God. So that verse in, in John chapter 4, early on John chapter 4, he's, he, he's with his disciples, he comes along to the well. It said he was wearied. His flesh was wearied. He needed to stop and take a break. And when that woman came along, he said, would you give me something to drink? And she, and he partook in that drink. And then he began to minister onto her, didn't he? He was, he was in a form witnessing and he was trying to take her further. And the more that she listened, showed intent, he'd give her a little bit more, take her a little bit more. And what happened when the disciples came along? Y'all remember that? The disciples come along. Remember, he sent them to go get meat. So they go off to go get some meat. They come back and they see Jesus talking with a Samaritan woman. A Samaritan! The Jews ain't supposed to have no fellowship with Samaritans. He was fellowshipping with a Samaritan woman giving her truth. And they said, what is he doing? They tried to call him away. Hey, we got we got some meat for you. I'm paraphrasing, and I should be reading it, but right, you all remember? Go back and read John chapter four tonight. And he said, "I have something along this line. I have meat that ye know not whereof." His meat was to fulfill the will of the Father. So when we sit down to have fellowship with somebody, whether it's in the Life Center or it's a restaurant, it's in your house, wherever it may be, wherever you're going to try to minister and witness to somebody, that should be your mind. It's not, well, I hope he pays, or uh, I hope my my burger's just the way I want it, or uh, I I don't know, maybe I would make a business connection, or whatever, whatever people do, whatever our flesh sometimes can slip in and there do. We ought to be thinking, what is the Father's will here? What's he, what's he all about? Well, we kind of know that because He gave His only begotten Son to give truth, to call people outside of the world into His glorious light to become believers and followers of Him. So that's what we ought about. Jesus was certainly about that. How about the needs of others? Did the world have any problems when Jesus walked the earth? Did, was there, did any problems arise when Jesus walked the earth? Did he ever involve himself in any of those problems? I remember a few people couldn't walk. I remember a few people couldn't see very well. I remember, I remember some of the disciples on a ship, short little journey, crying out like babies. We perish. I've been doing the same thing. But he met those needs and he ministered to them all along the way. Did he do it sacrificially? Did our Lord do His giving sacrificially? Oh, yes, He did. Yes, He did. Because the way I read it, He came from glory. Side by side with the Father. Angels sitting around Him, calling out glory, glory, worshiping Him. 
And he comes down to earth. People not even treating him with any dignity, respect, didn't even have a place to lay his head. That was our Lord. All about others' needs to bring them on to the Father. Man, what a, what, what a God. What a God. How about ultimately? Is our Lord anywhere about prayer? When persecution came, was Jesus found at all in prayer? You all need to see this. John chapter 17. I know you know it, but let's look at it together. We'll end with this. Why is this chapter so, so amazing? What do you, what do you, what do we got here in John's chapter 17? Well, yeah, he did. What do we have recorded for us here? We have a conversation recorded for us that we hold here on August 24, 2022 of God the Son speaking to God the Father. And like Fred said, he's going to pray about us. We need to read this. Come on now. Let's go. Uh, John 17, verse 15. Jesus speaking, praying unto the Father. I pray not that thou shouldst, God the Father, that thou shouldst not take them, the disciples, his, his believers, out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil. He knew persecution was coming. He knew it was coming. And what did he do? He prayed. And he prepared his disciples for it, but he prayed that they would get through it. Verse 16, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that I, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Here it comes everybody. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and me. That's us. That's our Lord praying for us. So as we go through this persecution of life, we, we, we've got the, we've got the game plan. We've got the instructions. We ought to be about discipleship. We ought to be about getting the word of God out and helping others believe it and walk it and live it. And we ought to be about other people's needs, sacrificially giving of ourselves so that He is glorified and others are blessed. And we ought to be, we got to be about prayer. Persecution's coming, whether it ain't you or it's me, whatever it is, persecution's coming and it's all around. And it's coming with a fury. The devil's time is short and our Lord is coming back. We want to be found doing the will of God. Not sitting on the bench on the wayside. Not complaining about things. Not just taking the blessings of God and forsaking all the work that He has called us to do to be a part of. Come on, y'all. Let's pray. Let's be about the things that God wants us to be about. We can do it. We can do it. We're going to need one another. We're going to need to encourage one another. We're going to need to remind one another. When we get together and somebody starts complaining, it'll probably be me. Stop me and remind me of the Word of God. Stop the brother or the sister and say, hey, but what about this? Right? And when there's a need of somebody going on, I don't want to call anybody out. Felipe, he's not here. Maybe he'll come someday. Felipe. Felipe's got a problem. Rather than we go spread it all around, let's just go solve it. You got the means to solve it? Solve it. Don't make a big deal of it. Hey, Don, do you know what I did for Felipe? Yeah, I gave him 20 bucks. I gave I gave Felipe 20 bucks. Did you know that, Don? I did. There is no Felipe. But you know what I'm saying. Let's stop that. 
This is not about making ourselves look good. If you see a need in somebody, just go, just go meet it. We all need prayer. Somebody going to take a card tonight? And if you don't take a card, I know that doesn't mean you're not praying. I know that. I, I'm, I'm not that ridiculous. But please, let, let, let's pray. Amen? All right. I appreciate you all. It's good to be back. Um, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your example. Lord, you're so good to us. Lord, you, uh, you've saved our souls. You've, you've preserved your word. You've given us your Holy Spirit. You've blessed us here in this church. And, uh, Lord, we're, we're a people that, uh, have a lot. Yeah, Lord, uh, we know the time is, is running short. And, uh, Lord, uh, we know that your work still needs to be done. I know you're going to have somebody do it, allow somebody to partake in doing it. Please use me, Lord. Use my brothers and sisters that we would be a part of uh, the work that you've called us to be a part of. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for our pastor and his family. God, as they travel back, please give them safe travel mercy. I pray that they're well-rested and relaxed. I pray that they would come back and, uh, Lord, that they would just be loved upon. Lord, I pray for our missionaries. Lord, I, I pray for each and every one of us as we'll go encounter, if you give us another day tomorrow, we'll encounter somebody. Lord, would you please open up our eyes, awaken us to the spiritual warfare that's going on, to the spiritual needs that are out there. And Lord, may we put on that full armor that you have given and provided for us. And may we be used of for you and by you and in you. Lord, we love you, not like we should, but Lord, help us to love you more. We pray this all in the blessed name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have a good night.